Welcome to episode 201 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. On today's episode, we recap week six in college football. You can find the show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com, and Apple and Spotify. Don't forget to join us for the live recording of the show, just like some of you guys are in the chat here. We appreciate seeing you every Sunday at 8 Eastern time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. Go share the pod with your friends. The pod is getting bigger and bigger, but it will only go faster with your help. Uh, you can find clips from the show on Twitter at Sat Down South and at Sat FB Uncensored on Instagram and TikTok at Saturday Down South. You can find us on our YouTube page. That, of course, is Saturday Down South. And now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South in Texas. Pete, I'm your host, Tyler Huck. And with me, as always, Chris Marler. Chris. Good weekend, huh? It's a good weekend. Great good weekend. weekend. So, you're not dead. You, so you're in Atlanta right now. I'm in Atlanta. Yeah. So wait, you are too. I'm not in Atlanta, but I'm in Canton. Oh, okay. Similarly. <laughs> uh, what's up, Jeremy Schwinn? Um, yeah, no, it's it's uh I'm I'm over in Johns Creek. Oh, dude, we're just burbs in it up right now. I know. It's not too bad. But it was a really good week, man. I'm over here. I'm dog sitting for my good friend Jeff, um, who is visiting some visiting some family, and um, it was a good weekend, man. It was like like right from the jump, good games at twelve, good games at three thirty. Georgia beat the shit out of Kentucky. Not a great night game, um, <laughs> but a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, man. And uh, I noticed that you just didn't mention the three thirty slate. But Bama? You mentioned it was a good weekend, and you were like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking I'm fired up, man. Um, <laughs> Dynasty is not dead. I already said it. Dynasty's not dead. I, I'm like, I, I'm just, I'm, I, I need to grow my hair out to like right here. I need to get that jawline back because we are right back in 2009. And I need to just lean into it because I, I, I haven't watched an Alabama game in a long time where I'm like excited for the defense to get on the field. Yeah, man, the defense is really good. We'll get into that game, of course. Um, Zach Clifton? Yeah. For me, go ahead. What's up? I was going to say, well, first, my most, favorite part of the weekend. Where's everyone from? Where do you guys drinking? I have a massive pour of Four Roses. Ooh, Four Roses. Yeah. Stiff. Um, my personal favorite moment of the weekend was uh, Mario Crystal Ball and his incompetence. <sighs> Which we'll get into as well, because yeah. uh, Chris, you know, typically we're not going to be covering a Miami Georgia Tech in the preview, especially when you know only one team's ranked, the other team just lost to Bowling Green, and they're twenty-two point favorites. You, typically, you're not going to preview a game such as that. No, but we no. will certainly recap. Yeah, uh, we should start there. Why don't we do that? Um, <laughs> Miami. So, first off, I don't think we have a ton of Georgia Tech or Miami listeners. I think I'm the biggest Georgia Tech fan here. Well, I certainly was this weekend. Um, Georgia Tech 23, number 17, Miami 20. It's not necessarily the score, although, man, that is a a pretty bad loss if you're Miami. Yeah. 
but the way it went down, sir. I I almost felt bad for making this the tagline, but then I but I don't. Like and so shout out to Willie Gray too. And thank you, Chris. That's good. Always good to see you. I shout out to everybody in the chat. This is always so much fun um as we're settling in here. But I was I, like watching all the games, watching Georgia. I'm trying to think what the other night game was that I was watching. Probably a little bit of, of Notre Dame, um, going back and forth between the Braves, Phillies, all that kind of stuff. And then I started watching the USC game. And I remember looking at Miami, Georgia Tech at halftime, and I was like, that's hmm. kind of weird. Like, there it's three nothing at the half. And Tech is like, um, like they, they should be getting blown out. I see the comment. I see it. You can put it up there. <laughs> um, so. Beard dog doesn't mean that. No, I know you don't mean that, beard dog. Um, so then I'm like, you know, like Miami is certainly going to win that game. They're at, like at home doesn't really matter, but like they're playing Georgia Tech, who lost to Bowling Green last week, and and lost to Bowling Green pretty badly, if we're being honest. Oh yeah, they were getting stomped at one point in that game. Yeah. So if anybody hasn't seen it, I I, just remember, I, I saw nonstop like on on Twitter. People were like, it was like trending nationally. It was like that and like death to America because of some other shit that's going on overseas, which we're not going to get into. But it was like, I was like, what is what is happening here? And within like, I mean, minutes, I had 50 or 60 people like, comment, whatever. And it was like, dude, Something what happened? happened? <laughs> and if you missed it, why don't you, why don't you walk everyone through what happened? So before this game... After the Bowling Green game, Georgia Tech fired their de- well, demoted their defensive coordinator, and they had a new guy running the the uh, scheme. Yeah, and um, it wasn't necessarily like if you look at the box score, Miami outgained Georgia Tech four hundred fifty four to two fifty as far as yardage. They had twenty three first downs versus Georgia Tech's twelve. That's tough, but none of that mattered because Georgia Tech found a way to stick in the game and. The game is ending. The game is ending. I watched the same thing play out somewhat similarly in the Falcons game today. Yeah. They're driving down the field. They could essentially milk the clock by kneeling it twice and then kick to win the game. No problem. That's what the situation Miami was in, except they were leading the game. Right. And all they literally had to do was kneel it three times and the game was over. That's it. For some reason... And by the way, someone on Twitter, and I, I'm not gonna be able to pull it up because it came up on my for you page. So I don't know who put it up, but they they put the very last few plays of every game for Miami this year. And Miami has done this in every single game. Instead of kneeling the ball, they they run the ball. He lost another game like this at Oregon. He did against Stanford. Right. In twenty eighteen. But essentially for those that didn't watch, and I mean it's been all over Twitter and Sports Center and all that. All they had to do was kneel it out. Mario Cristobal decides to run the ball towards the end of the game. And Don Chaney, who had a good night overall, 23 carries for 103 yards, but this particular carry was not so great. He fumbled on the third down run. And it's like 20 seconds left. And Tech has no timeouts. No timeouts. Brent Key, after the game, said, we just thought they were going to kneel the ball. Mario Cristobal said, we should have taken a knee. <laughs> which is like, yeah yeah no shit dude yeah everyone um, everyone knew that so, instead, no, so, so and krista hold on krista kissinger brings this up and she said so they try to run the score up when the game is over karma 
I saw this floating around Twitter. Like they were trying to like run up the scores. So they could they could up their their ranking or like because it was a close winning sec. That's not what they were doing. It's just it was that bad of coaching that they were not like this is what he does. Like this this is like his this is the way he attacks the attacks the end of games. It's he's it is like the most I, I I'm gonna fucking say this phrase even though I hate this phrase. It is like it seems like the most fucking sad boy like desperately alpha male shit imaginable like i i am dude we're gonna take a knee i won't bend the knee to anybody we're still gonna pound the rock still bro. pound the rock bro i'm mario chris look at my pecs man look at my pecs yeah. and like they do it they fumble tech has no timeouts and so they have time for two plays and haynes king floats a pass across like like from the right hash all the way across his body like for like 30 yards to like the the miami 48 or something and then they they run the last play, and, and I don't understand how you do this after this. Like, you don't run prevent defense. You run a normal defense. You let Christian Leary, former Alabama player, somehow slip behind you, and he walks into the end zone with two seconds left, and the first thing you see is he crosses the goal line. The first thing you see, some fucking People. bottle hurled out of the stands from some angry-ass Miami fan, just like... I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he could have been doing. I don't know what he could have been doing. But it was one of the dumbest things I have seen on at the end of a college football game. I mean, luckily the Bama game played out well because Milrow pulled some some shit at the end of that, which we'll get into as well. But I just thought it was so dumb, and it was like, if you're a Miami fan, I think two things to be true at the same time. One, I'm shocked that they're ranked. I'm shocked that they're ranked this week. But like. You 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 still should know that your team was good enough to be six and zero, right, or five and zero, whatever it would be. But that's a loss. It's gonna that like they ruined a perfect season so far because of that, because of that decision in a really bad, like in a really bad conference outside of Florida State and North Carolina, and they had everything in front of them. Like, hey, don't forget Louisville, bro. In Louisville as well. You were big on that all off season. Yeah, I went against them in the game, but man, they looked pretty good. Um, even worse for for Miami. I'm yeah, I'm fairly confident. Yes, I'm looking now. They're coming off a bye in this yep. game. Yep. And oh yeah, by the way, their next two games at UNC and against Clemson. I'm sure they'll rally. Yeah, because that's that's definitely what they've done in the past. <laughs> um, still on the schedule after those two games at Florida State against Louisville. I just thought so, it was one of the dumbest things I've seen in forever. Just one of the dumbest. You know what the second dumbest thing was I saw this weekend, Tyler? What's up? Let's get into this bomb-ass graphic, by the way. That is really good. I know. The, the nine's a little bit messed up. The eight's a little bit too low. Other than that, pretty good. I literally never would have seen that had you not pointed that so, out. So I couldn't get the five and the six lined up completely because the five is at 52.3 on the font, and this is 52.8. And I just, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so the AP top 25 came out and I'm realizing something more and more. There's two things I'm realizing with the AP poll. And that is, there is an actual SEC bias for one. And you don't see it here because we're only in the top 10. But the other thing is that these voters really just, you can't watch every game. You can't, you can't. Right. But they continuously seem to get it wrong. I don't have a single problem. With, I'd say the top nine, but outside of Mario Cristobal, 
The dumbest thing I saw this weekend, stop trying to make USC a thing. Like, they are so fortunate to be undefeated. And I went to bed. I went to bed in, like, at 1.15 or 1.30 in the morning after this game because – or, like, in the fourth quarter of this game because I was like, hey, you're tired. It's been a long day. You had to get up early, make some breakfast. And, yeah, it's a big – I made a huge breakfast, by the way. Um, It's awesome. But, like, this USC thing, I was like, they're up by eight. It's the fourth quarter. They've clearly come back. It's over. Like, there's there's no way they're going to let Arizona hang in this game because Arizona sucks. Arizona's not a good football team. And not only did they let them sit around in this game, after being down 17 nothing at home to them, they went to, tr- they went to three overtimes with them. Yep. And keep in mind, Arizona has been without their starting quarterback, Jaden Valora, as well. Yep. And their backup went 25 of 35 for 303 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. He he might be five foot six. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I totally agree with you, man. Like you, you got to keep dropping USC because they they're in one score games like the last few weeks against teams that they're wildly more talented than, favored by three scores at least, mm-hmm. and their defense is atrocious, man. Like it's not gotten any better. They're no. they're they're not a viable contender. They're not. And I said this for the season, and and people thought I was like out of my mind. I said they were the third best team in the Pac-12, and right now I can see just from the rankings, you can tell they are. But like, you know, the season will play itself out. They're about to hit a tough, tough stretch. They're going to play some actual fucking teams. But like, it is they. So they they play Utah next week. I don't know when they play. No, Notre Dame. They got Notre Dame next week at Notre Dame. Okay. I'm looking at the schedule. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, then go off on the schedule real quick. Then Utah's the next week. Okay. So they got at Notre Dame <clears throat> next is that this Yeah, the fourteenth. Oh, what time yeah. is that? Seven thirty on NBC. Um, you've got number sixteen Utah after that, a road trip to Cal, and then you end the season with Washington at Oregon versus UCLA. And they don't get a bye week. Remember we talked no. about this last week. Yeah. They don't get a bye week because they're, they're ending their season on November 18th. I just think I just think they're incredibly overrated. And like I fully understand how good Caleb Williams is. I do. But I tell you what, if you put yourself in a hole down 17 at home against that team, I have zero faith in you that I'm looking through this entire top 10. What team on here is going to relinquish that lead and not flat out embarrass them? Because I tell you what, I would say. Washington only extends that lead. Give Washington 17 points on anybody. Give give Washington 17 points on the fucking Chiefs and see how that game ends. Like Oregon with that defense. Texas. Penn State has been really good. I mean, like all these teams. And here's the thing. We're not talking about a 12-team playoff yet. We're talking about a 14-team playoff. And there's nobody on here that I think that, like, it just, it blows my mind the amount of, the amount of, benefit of the doubt we're giving this team and i don't think it's just because of caleb williams i don't i think i think that people are looking at this team i think they're looking at the logo and like really forcing this to be like usc's good no usc's good like yeah you know they're flawed they got some defensive issues and but they, they have the highest trophy winner and caleb williams has been really really good he's been really awesome this year and his numbers going into this week out you know were even better than last year from that point but like they're nowhere near a top 10 team right now no 
No, uh, I mean, I think obviously that's why you play the games, and there's about to be a bunch. They haven't played a ranked team yet. No. no. So, or was Colorado ranked when they played them? I don't think. I don't think so. No. So, you've got if if you're USC, you have six games left. Five of them are against ranked teams. So we're about to find out what USC really is, yeah. and I think we know. Yeah, let's get into um, this week's games. Why don't you guys tell us where you want to start? Because I've got a lot of feelings on a lot of stuff. Yeah, we'll let the we'll let the listeners. I, I have a feeling we're going to go to the Georgia Kentucky it's game. Be a quick game. Let the listeners decide. Um, why don't we Why don't we go ahead? And, since it was kind of a, a blowout, we, I don't want to take away from the game, but since it was kind of a, a blowout, let's go ahead and let's let's start with that game. Knock that one out. Okay. All right. So. Last night in Athens, there was a murder. Yes. It was from jump. Georgia came out. And I, I for whatever reason, I had a feeling this is exactly what was going to happen. And we we sat here and we talked about how Georgia is off to a slow start. I'll tell you what. He's going to be listening, so I'm going to give him a shout-out. Kyle Price, our good buddy, one of my best friends in the world for over 20 years now, which is crazy to say. Um, he was... Very upset with me and you uh, for talking so much shit about Georgia and saying that they were going to apparently lose to Auburn last week. That's a that's an interesting look you're giving there, Tyler. You know why you're giving that look? Because neither of us said it, for one. <laughs> and two, but here's the thing. This is this is what, like, this was such a a good weekend for Georgia and a bad weekend for the rest of the country. And let me tell you why. Because... This team has been very underwhelming for most of the year. Very underwhelming for most of the year. They have not started well in any game. They're 0-5 against the spread. And then you have Kentucky coming in, being propped up with a 5-0 record. And, and maybe they should be ranked. There was a little bit of a debate today whether they should be ranked over Maryland. I don't think they should have been going into this game. They had the 124th ranked strength of schedule in the country going into the game this, uh, against Maryland, or sorry, against Georgia. Um, and they were never going to be close in that game, they, in my opinion. But they come in, and for whatever reason, Kentucky fans decided to start talking shit on social media. And what was interesting to me is this. I, you can't convince me that, like, every coach in the country is looking at message boards or scouring the Internet for, for like, motivational message – or, sorry, motivational um, bulletin board material. But if you told me they were at Georgia, it'd be hard for me not to believe you because – it is so difficult to get 18 and 24 year old kids, a hundred plus of them, to be on like every week, focused every week, and like and 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 in the same direction with anything, let alone a 15 game season, right? Especially if you've won back to back natties and you haven't played anybody yet, and you know that you're good enough, like on a bad day, to beat, I don't know, 95 percent of the country if you if you play a C plus game. And for whatever reason, Kentucky decided to fucking wake a sleeping giant and start talking a bunch of shit all week and saying how, like, their fans saying they're going to do this and that. And the national pundits were like, you know, is a trendy upset pick. Who the fuck thought Kentucky was going into Sanford Stadium at night where they had won, like, what was it, like 22 straight home games? I know they'd won their last nine SEC East games there by an average of 25.6 points per game. And they came out here and just absolutely took it to Kentucky and fucking embarrassed them. Yeah, and shout out to Carson Beck, by the way. We we were on this a few episodes ago, but mm -hmm. 
the guy's really having a solid year. And statistically, it finally showed 28 to 35, 389 yards, four touchdowns. Um, Just a really great effort. Brock Bowers continues to be Brock Bowers. Seven catches, 132 yards, touchdown. Firmly in the Heisman race, potentially. Greg McElroy said last night, if he's not in the top three, it's a joke. It's hard to argue that. I mean, it's tough. It's typically tough to reward a tight end. I, I can't ever remember a tight end being even in the top five. Yeah. But the dude's a monster. There's no denying that. Um, you had Rosemé Jack Saint go for about 100 and a touchdown. Uh, Ra Ra Thomas, a touchdown. An incredible uh, catch for a touchdown, by the way. Yeah. Spread the ball around to a ton of different receivers. Um, just a really – it's the effort and the outcome that we've kind of come to expect from Georgia that we hadn't seen this year. Yeah. So if you're a Georgia fan, I think you're probably a little relieved to see this kind of effort. Yeah. And um, I think we 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 saw that in some of the post-game phone calls. Oh, God. Hold on. We got, we we got a lot real, of them. Real quick. Here's the, here's the thing that's scary for everyone is that now Kirby has a benchmark to tell this team, like, this is what you can do. Like, this is what you're capable of doing. Yeah, six over 600 yards of offense for the first time since 2020 against Missouri. So what you're telling me is that Todd Munkin didn't have over 600 yards of offense in the last two years. They, that's that's more yards they had in a single game in a natty year. Yeah. Scary shit. Scary. Um, we got a ton of voicemails for Georgia. I'm sure I'm not going to play all of them. Okay. But we'll get into some of them. So here, there, here's a here's a pregame call that uh, maybe is a little bourbon influenced. Let's get into it. Wait. Let's get into it. Hey, y'all. This is Ben from Stone Mountain, Georgia. Hall of Fame. Died in the wool. Long time, first time. Never said that before, but I've heard people say that, so that's appropriate. Anyway, uh, I... You know, they say keep your friends close and your enemies closer. So uh, I may or may not be drunk. I've been drinking some of this Kentucky bourbon, trying to get real close to my enemy here. And I would say we are intimately familiar with each other now. So first and foremost, it is Brocktober. So Kentucky, get ready. You're about to get brocked. All right. Second, Carson Beck, I don't know if y'all know this. But, uh, you know, last week he played them Barners and he went 23-33. Well, that turns out to be 69.696969%. I think not. The Lord wants the dogs to win. All right. Now, Ray Davis, he's a force. We're going to have to watch out for him. That's all I'd say about that. I hope we handle him. You know, things can get wild. Who knows what happens? I think we're going to win. We may not. If we don't, it's because of that motherfucker. (laughs) Pardon pardon my French. All right. It's uncensored. Here we are. Finally, it's going to be a 7 p.m. game now, dogs. Look, these Kentucky fans, they 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 don't know what it's like to win. All right. They don't know what it's like to have class. So let's show them some decorum. All right. Let's let's not bark at their children. We're going to whip their asses. So let's just be cool about it, all right? Hell yeah. 
Yeah, go so cool about it. I like that guy. I love it. Um, well, maybe do one more or two more. There's like six. About this game? Yeah. They won by 38. Yeah. It will maybe we'll do uh, no, I'll save that one for uh let's do this one. Uh this is an apology for Mike Bobo and Carson Beck. I thought Mike Bobo was incapable of calling anything remotely creative and uh just in general a trash OC. And I thought Carson Beck was just another busted five star Georgia. But uh no. Nah. Well done. Uh, we, we were like eight minutes into this game, and I was like, "Oh no!" It, this this sickness that I felt this entire season um, is is gone. We very well could three feet. Good dogs. He's not wrong. No, he's not. I think we got one more about Carson Beck, and then we'll we'll call it for this game. Yo, Uncle Chris, T Huck, what up, boys? And a good day of ball. Uh, I'm pretty happy. My dogs fucking finally put it all together this afternoon, this evening, and put an ass whooping on Kentucky. Go dogs! Currently a little pissed watching USC struggle with Arizona late in second overtime. Blew my life under bed of 63 and a half out of the water because wasn't defense, I guess. Oh, wow. uh, just called in to say. Uh, Carson Beck is going to New York and could win the Heisman. Mm-hmm. We are uh, six games in. He has 1,886 yards, 11 touchdowns, and a 74% completion percentage. He's only getting better. George is only getting better. Looks like we're going to see Bam in the East. Uncle Chris, you're going to owe me a drink in Atlanta uh, for the SEC championship game. And uh, Georgia's on the road to three-peating. Dream's not dead. Go dogs! Dreams that dead. <laughs> I like it, man. See, I I, yeah. I figured Georgia fans would be feel a little bit more alive after that game. I, you know, and I love to give Georgia fans shit more than anybody, and I and I still will on Twitter for sure. Yeah. However, um, I don't. I I love like like I don't love hearing a bunch of like arrogance from Georgia fans on social media. I love when we hear it on the on the calls and on our our show because it's like our Georgia fans. You know what I mean? Like you yep, guys yeah. might be assholes, but you're our assholes, and we love that. We love that. Um, all right, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm gonna take over here for a second though. Okay. And this is where we're going next. Everybody can suck my beep. Ring's not dead, dynasty's not dead. Let's fucking get into it. Alabama is the least aesthetically pleasing team in America to watch. They 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 find new ways to win in the least likable ways possible. This week, we decided to take America's least favorite player. Like, I posted this the other day on Twitter, and I and I meant it. Jermaine Burton, even as a Bama fan, I think I hate Jermaine Burton more than any other player I've ever watched, more than Cam Newton. He is, there's not a likable quality in that kid. Thank you for, for your service on Saturday, though. I will say that. That was a hell of a game. So Bama wins 26-20. This was something we both picked A&M, and and I I did not feel like it was an emotional hedge. I thought everybody who picked – I saw people going at Casey Smith, and I don't like anybody on that podcast at all. Um, But they – 
I, I didn't think she said anything that was off base. Like I thought that they could have gone in there and, and, and beaten Alabama because they had a better defense. I love what Doreen said before the game. And I, I still don't even disagree. Better at special teams, better on defense, better on offense. However, that turned out to be not true. I, I say I don't disagree before the game. But I tell you what's happening with this Alabama team. They are so unstable and so flawed. I said this jokingly the other day. I didn't tweet it. But, like, I don't think she can hear this because someone's over here right now. But I almost tweeted this out. If this team was any more flawed, I would fucking try to date it and move in with it at the same – like, I mean – like that's how that's how ridiculous this fucking team is to watch. But they came out, they got punched in the mouth early. I if you looked at the bets that I told you to make this weekend, I said A and M score first. I thought A and M would cover the three and a half. Jimbo kind of fucked that on the at the end of the game with the um, kicking of the field goal. But like, man, I was happy, and and, and the sky was falling for Bama fans. The sky was falling. You know how many yards rushing Bama had in the first half? I don't. Negative thirteen. Bye. Real bad. Real bad. Real bad. <laughs> Down 17-10. And then Bama gets the ball to come out in the second half, and they come out and they are driving. They fumble because of a backside blitz that wasn't picked up because Caden Proctor is the worst. Um, Nine false starts over- for Bama this week. Huh? Nine false starts for Bama in this Nine pre-snap penalties. Nine, And we're going to get to the penalties in a second because I'm, I'm going to be a little bit heated over that. Yeah, the refs, yeah. It's out of control. It's out of control, and I, I'm I need to calm myself before we get into it because I'm so fucking tired of hearing about it. I'm so and like, and I don't know if you saw t- Twitter this weekend because I I put together a fucking big pin in a in a in a sixth grade math homework notebook worth of stats about Bama in true road games in their last seventeen true road games, not including the COVID year, and the numbers were alarming. It made it to, to Reddit. Somebody stole it, of course, and put it on Reddit. Um, but no, it's, so we'll get into that in a second. They overcame a lot. They overcame a lot of their own stuff that they did to themselves. And I woke up on Saturday and I sent a text out to a couple of texts. I sent one to Kristen Saban. I sent one to, in that in that thread, a couple other Bama threads. And I was like, I don't know why, but I just had this feeling that Jalen Milrow is going to go off and, and and just put 300 yards on, on this defense and just torch him. Because partially because I didn't think we were going to be able to run the football. And like he throws the deep ball well. We got to watch Jalen Milrow grow up in front of our eyes on Saturday, and he was great in the intermediate throws. I don't know what DJ Durkin was doing. Like You could blitz him all day. They could not cover the receivers, and there's only two of them they had to cover. Um, Bama gave this team every opportunity, and the refs gave this, uh, this team every opportunity to win this game, and that Bama defense is getting nastier and nastier every single week. Every single week. You you interject for a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some more drinks in there. There you go. Um, yeah, shout out to Jalen Milrow. Career high, 321 yards. Um, obviously, he had the three touchdowns. Texas native. So, yeah. back in his home state. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man. I mean, the penalties, I'll let you get into the ref side. Um, but, obviously, the nine pre-snap penalties, it's just got to get fixed. Um, it it didn't bite you in this game, but it, it surely can later. But Bama is a team that is improving every week, it feels, especially on defense. They're figuring out what they want to be on offense. And, yeah, you know, like we talked before the game, A&M had two straight games of seven sacks or more, and they had six in this game. They had four in the first half. But it didn't, yeah. But it didn't matter. 
Um, you know, Saban does it again. Every I feel like I, I do. I always I always do this. I don't always do this, but anytime that everyone's back against the wall, Bama, everyone's picking Bama to lose. It feels like they always win. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know a- why, Tyler? Do you know? You, here's a fun fact for you: Bama's been an underdog five times since 2009, I think. Five times: Georgia in the SEC championship game by seven, they beat them by 17. Georgia by three and a half or something like that in 2015, they beat them by 28. Um, there's like Florida, I think 2009 SEC championship game, they beat them by 19. There's two more in there that I, I can't remember. Um, but I was so impressed with, w- with one thing in particular. And th- this team is this team is not a complete team, and there's so many flaws. And it, it, it does drive me crazy to watch stuff that's like – anybody that knows me, I've said this on this podcast for years, I feel like I've gotten better and more mature watching games. Okay? I, I do. I feel like I don't cuss as much – watching games and I handle things better than I used to pre-snap penalties will cause exorcism level of things to fly out of my mouth. I mean, like there's, there are a few things in this world that make me angrier than a fucking pre-snap penalty. And Bama had nine of them on Saturday, but Will Reichard kicks another field goal. He's hit his last 25. That like, that was impressive. And more than anything, I, I sat here and I listened to Bam fans complain about the offensive and defensive coordinators for, for the last two years, and I thought it was stupid because they finished in the top 10 in scoring offense and scoring defense a year ago. Those were, like You're not seeing anywhere close to those numbers on offense this year. The offense has put up less than uh, 400 yards. They put up less than 365 yards in five straight games. That is the first time in 15 years that's happened. Five straight games, less than 365 yards of offense. However... With Only team, 23 rushing yards in this game, too. Tyler, at one point, before they pulled it into a two-score lead late in the fourth quarter, they had 13 penalties and 13 rushing yards. Bad. Real, Real bad. bad. But one thing this <laughs> coaching staff has continued to do each week, and we saw it at Ole Miss and we've seen it the past couple weeks, is they are making halftime adjustments. And that is something we did not see with Alabama a year ago or really that much in 2021 and that's something that should be so promising for fans and this team because they are coming out and, and they have a game plan. They're down 17-10 on the road. Everyone, including me, like, like I mean, I wasn't counting them out, but people like Bama fans who are showing again why they're the worst, now that they're not winning at the same level. Sky is fucking falling. I'm so like we're ass, like we're cheeks. We're like just say ass cheeks, by the way. It's so weird. It's such a weird thing. And like so many people, like I'm Milro sucks. Tommy Reese sucks, who he kind of does. Like, this defense, like, well, everything's awful. And it's like, hey, this is not going to be comfortable at all, okay? Bama wins are not going to be comfortable at all. But it's it's kind of fun again to go through, like, these, like, little roller coasters and panic attacks and heart murmurs and all these things each and every week. I kind Like I said this, like, with Saban being there, sometimes you kind of look at games and you're like, it's not as much fun because – you expect to go out there and play Arkansas and beat them by fucking 30. Each like you, you have yeah. four games a year. It's been like this is a team that I've I've they played six games. I've thought they would lose three of these the six games. And hats off to that coaching staff and hats off that fucking team and hats off to Jalen Milrow for going out there and hearing all that shit. Cause you know you didn't block it all out. Hearing all that and still going to work 
and proving everyone wrong each week. It's been awesome to watch, and I'm so fired up for it. Well, it's, I think the the fans are fired up too. We did get some voicemails for this game as well. We got one mid game and two after the game. So we'll go ahead and play uh, yeah. a couple of these here. What's and remind up, me after we tell the this. My bad. Okay. Oh, here. Um, I see the old Jermaine Burton having himself up first in day. Finally, I mean, it only took two and a half years, I guess. Whatever. So I just saw the blocked field goal, ran it all the way back for a touchdown. Screw my freaking life off, dude, because we should have probably sealed the game right there. And then, of course, a flag. What is freaking new? Like, every time I sort of got the theme this year for Alabama, that we have a flag on a touchdown play. Like, they have it once or twice every freaking game. And, of course, it had to happen there. Watching this next drive here, seeing what's going on, I swear to God we better get a score right here and put this game away. Yeah, and also I'm getting into, we're on the way right now. Well, I'm with you right here. Say what's up, boys. What's going on, guys? Enjoy the show. Uh, Hopefully I'll play it this week. Oh, yeah, it's your boy, Logan. We're heading over to Athens. We stumbled upon free tickets. So hopefully see Kentucky ruin Georgia's season. Yeah, let's go Wildcats. That's what going for. You know, you rock Kentucky blue on the most. We're pulling in now. So, yeah, call me Drizzy Drake for all the dogs. We'll see you guys later. (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. (laughs) Call me Drizzy Drake for all the dogs. I don't even know. I feel like I I don't know what that means. Do you? He just came out with a new album this weekend. It was it was pretty shitty, but he he had that. That's a line from one of the songs in the oh, album. Okay. Need to get on up, bro. Um, we got a couple more here from from the post. So it was mid game. A lot of a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. Left mid game, by the way, to go go to Athens. Bold move, Cotton. Tyler, Chris, Bama fan here. I always say best college football podcast there is out there. You guys are the best. What a win, guys. What a win. And you know what, what you know what's really messed up is uh so many things I was terrified of totally came to fruition. Absolutely happened. Milro got sacked a whole bunch. Uh tons of penalties, tons of false starts. The defense, oh my God, in the second half, my lord, that defense came to play, baby. I game ball of the defense in the second half and listen. I could, I mean, I have rooted so hard for Jalen Milrow, you know, for, for them to make him beat them and him beat them, throwing the football, no running game at all. Zero, I mean, just no semblance of a, of a damn running game. And Milrow said, I got your ass, Colt Aggie Nation, bitch. Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that, that guy needs to come back and give more pregame pep talks. I have goosebumps right now, which probably says a lot about me, but yeah, that, that fires me up. All right, we got a couple more here. We got a couple more. Yeah, what's up, T-Huck? What's up, Marla? This is uh, Michael from New Orleans, Alabama fan. I'll call him out the game today. Um, I can't lie, I was a little nervous about this game, wondering uh, how O-Line will put up against the, um, the D-Line and the A&M. And, um, they gave us some plays, but they held up and – so Merrill can make some big plays. So I was impressed by Merrill. He had a great game. Him, yeah. Burden, and Bond. And um, I'm just glad that um, we won this game, even with all the penalties. When we look at it, we really dominated the game. All the points came off of mistakes we made on self-imposed mistakes. So um, if we can cut those back and get them under control, I think we have what it takes to compete for a championship. I mean, the defense – the championship level defense and every week Mirror seems to be getting better. So hope we can improve on that and um 
happy we got the win because it would have sucked if we had lost. So it sucks losing on Saturday. So <laughs> big fan, thanks for the call. Well, thanks for allowing me to call. Thanks, dude. I Mike from New Orleans, man. I don't think we've had him before, but uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same vibe after this game from Bama fans as I was from Georgia. Just like a, you know what? I feel a lot better about this team yeah. after Week Six. Big fucking sigh of relief. Yeah. And if you're if you're Bama, uh, are you are you playing one more? I got one more from the the Bama Bow Crew. I, they they okay. call during the Georgia game. Fuck yes, do it. <laughs> Hey guys, it's your boy Logan. Um, me and Ben both stumbled upon free tickets to go watch Georgia play. So obviously, it's two individuals to do. We went and watched Georgia play and hoping to uh, see Kentucky shock the world. And I said that in his call. I don't know if y'all play it or not, but I'm here to say I was um, incredibly wrong. Kentucky's the biggest hoax of a 5-0 and team I've ever seen in my life. That's not true. Devin Leary, Devin Leary couldn't throw a handful of rocks to the ocean, handful of rocks to the barn, nothing like that. We're getting back to um, my team, Alabama. We went to A&M, College Station. Somehow pulled it out after, what, 14? 14 penalties, I guess. I don't know. I think it was a good week of or a good weekend of college football, but uh, – Happy to get out of Athens, and I'll leave it at that. Appreciate the show. Been listening years, and I hope to hear on the pod. See y'all. There you All go. Right. Really grazed upset. He said it's a Bama call-in show. No. We're gonna spend a couple more minutes on something, something Bama related, real quick. All right, and that's this. And I, and I want this. Everyone that's still listening, if you follow me on social media, you've already heard me bitch about it. And, and I'm fully aware something something I hear from Jeff, my best friend, all the time. If you are looking for sympathy from me about Bama in any in any capacity, you're not going to get it from here. And I fully get it. I fully understand why people hate Bama. I fucking like. I fully. I lived in Georgia my whole life. I I, I fully understand why people. Um, oh God, I fully understand why people don't like Alabama, but. If there's something that annoys me more than anything in sports, it is lazy fucking narratives. And there has been one that has clung to Alabama for well over half a decade, and it's that Bama gets all the calls. And somebody said it one time because in 2015 or 16 or whatever, they they didn't have that many penalties called against them and whatever, and somebody said it, and it just became reality. And the reason why it became reality is because everyone sat there and watched Alabama get, like, absolutely skull drag their favorite team in whatever brief moment they thought they had a chance at scoring or pulling close or, or pulling even, or maybe ahead. something didn't go their way and they got mad and it became, that should have been a, a penalty on here. I've never seen more of fan base put fucking collages together more. Yes, Dale, we do have sloppy, filthy mouths. Welcome to the fucking show. Anyway, so it says college football uncensored at their Saturday football uncensored at the top of the screen. Welcome to the show. So I've never seen fan bases cling to something more that's so untrue. It's so untrue. And I'm so fucking tired of hearing it, Dale, about Bama getting all the calls. I mean, like, oh, yeah, we are getting the, the better games, Chris. We are for sure. Anyway, um, I'm so tired of hearing about it. And if you look, I put that out, I put this out on Twitter. There's so many, there's like so many penalties that are called on Bama in this game. There was 14 penalties. AM got four. 
Four penalties for 19 yards. It's the lowest amount of penalty yards A&M has had in a game against a Power 5 opponent since 2015. Shockingly enough, also against Alabama. In the last 17 true road games Alabama has played, minus the COVID year, the opposing team has had less penalties in Alabama one time, and it was a total of one penalty against Ole Miss last year. They average over three penalties more per game for over 43 yards more per game. Bama averages more than double the yards of their opponent on the roads. And in three of the last six, Tyler, Alabama has had 10, 10 more penalties than their opponent. 10 more. You cannot sit here and tell me that you watched that game and watched Alabama get five penalties in a span of three total plays for 54 yards and sit here and say, yep, that they're so undisciplined. And by the way, this Alabama pass rush might be the best pass rush in the fucking country. Dallas Turner has been a monster all year. Chris Braswell, a monster all year. Four sacks, I think, or five sacks, and, and most of them all in the second half, had a safety. They were after the quarterback's ass all fucking game. So shout out to Texas A&M for not having a single holding call the entire game. Just an incredible job from an offensive lineman. They finally got one right down on the goal line. So you're talking about, like, Watching an Alabama team that gets all the calls, 14 penalties versus four, more than double on average over the last 17 true road games. It's a fucking joke. And if any other team sat there and watched a blocked kick get returned for a touchdown in that fucking moment, and they called a blindside block 15 yards behind the play when it didn't matter, you would have had the same fucking reaction. It's a fucking joke. Dale is furious with you right now. Move on to the next game. All right. This game was fun, man. Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry. Finally got a red. Um, this did not go the way we thought it would. Um, filthy, man. It was a great game. Actually, I think my final score prediction was 33-30 Texas and ended up being 34-30 Oklahoma. Yeah. So, um, so I was wrong. But, you know. <laughs> Um, shout out Dylan Gabriel, first of all, um, came in clutch when it mattered most three yard touchdown pass to Nick Anderson with three or 15 seconds left for the big win. I felt what I felt like when he also had over a hundred yards rushing on 14 carries, which pretty phenomenal. Um, thought the game might be over when, when, uh, when Texas makes the kick with like. A minute and change left. <laughs> that's a that's a valid point in the Very chat. Valid point. Um, Texas. I mean, I, I don't think this means they're not back. I just think Oklahoma's really good. Um, yeah. Much quicker than maybe we thought, and that's that's the transfer portal era. Transfer transfer portal era, right there for you. Oklahoma was not good last year, especially on defense. Um, I shouldn't say they weren't good. They just they were average. They made a bowl, but um, yeah, they they didn't have as many yards as Texas, but it didn't matter at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Ewers had an excellent game: thirty-one for thirty-seven, three hundred forty-six yards, only one touchdown, two critical picks. Um, we did. I, I'll let you say what you want about the game. We do actually have a call for this game that I think is oh, kind nice. of funny. Okay, so I thought this was a lot of fun. This is a really, really fun game. A really fun game. It like people always joke around about how like Pac-12 after dark or whatever games, whatever, are like are like 
oh, this game's drunk. This game was hammered six minutes <laughs> in. I mean, six minutes in, this game was insane. There were like they were going for it on fourth down. There was an interception in the red zone. I mean, th- there was there was like a blocked punt. There were so many things going on in this game, and it was so much fun. It lived up to the billing, and I thought this is one of those things, two things to be true at the same time. I I haven't seen as much of the overreaction to Texas as I thought I would, but I have seen some of like the low-hanging fruit comments about Texas isn't back. No, they played a really good Oklahoma team. There's an Oklahoma team that, like, granted, they hadn't played a defense inside the top 80 in, in any of their games going up to this. Dylan Gabriel, who seems like he's been in college since, like, fucking – like, you know, 2011 or something like that. And the fact that he's had um, <laughs> to refill my drink waiting. Um, he's, he's a really good quarterback and they've like, you know, Oklahoma recruits well and Venables was going to short swings in that defense and he's in year two. And when did, when did teams make the biggest jump from a new head coach? It's from year one to year two. And I think that he's done a really good job and an underrated job. Like we haven't given Oklahoma credit on this podcast or at all really nationally at any point, which is weird because that brand, if they if that's a team if they started out in the top fifteen, they'd already be in the top ten. Like they, they have they're they're a national brand and we just haven't thought that much of them because of what happened last year. I thought it was an incredible job from Texas to fight against all of the mistakes they're making, some really, really bad play calls to be honest, I think inside the one. As much credit as I give Sark for being a genius when it comes like Sark Sark is still, I think, the best play caller in the country. But here's the thing about like him and Kiff and all that kind of stuff. When you have the entire field to work with and you could scheme guys open and get guys in different layers of that, that, that defense and different levels of the defense, like you have so much room to work with, they can get so creative. We saw Texas down on the one-yard line go under center and look completely unnatural and very odd. But again, as Krista just said, Oklahoma's really good. Oklahoma's a good football team. This is going to be a really fun rematch in the in the Big 12 championship. I think both teams will make it. I don't leave this game thinking, man, Texas sucks. I, I Like, they're not back, whatever. Because they should have been able to win this game. They should have been able to win. They, they kicked a field goal. That's, I mean, you kind of do it in all three phases. But then, of course, you give up a huge, huge run from, from Dylan Gabriel in, like, the last drive of that game. And it was just – you know, a back-breaking touchdown with 15 seconds to go. This is a game that I think it's one of those, like, you know, the stupid fucking Buffalo Wild Wings commercials where it's like, I don't want this game to end. Like, it was. this was one of those games. It was a really, really well-fought game from both sides. And just to think about it, man, like, Dylan Gabriel doesn't play in this game last year, and Oklahoma lost 49-0. to Yeah. Come back the very next year, Gabriel to have a big game, and then for actually to come out and, and win is huge for the program. It's huge for quite frankly, uh, Venables. I think a lot of people after last year had questions about what he could do as a head coach, which is just so stupid after one year. Um, We did have a a caller on this game. Do it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play it. Hey, this is Joshua. I just wanted to have a heart-to-heart with Chris. Oh, no. Listen, man, I think the same things you see in Steve Sarkeesian are the same things that you see in women – Maybe I'm I just I'm trying to help you. I'm I'm just I'm really reaching out like as a friend, someone who you know I like, and say, hey man, maybe look inward and figure out what's going on and why you keep putting all this emotional effort into 
loving these people that are just going to hurt you in the long run. <laughs> By the way, Brent Venables has a higher winning percentage as a head football coach than Steve Sarkeesian. There he is. That's the call. That's the call. That is, that's the clip for this week. I'm crying. That is so good. Thank you, yeah. Joshua. Sometimes I need to hear that. Sometimes yeah. I need to hear that. That's really good. I really enjoyed that. That was good. Um, no, hell of a win for OU. Um, I'm Vaults not going to give up. Five. What's that? Vaults them into the top five this week. Yeah. I kind of feel like deservingly so because it's a big yeah. win. And also, you're coming off a week where teams six, seven, and eight did not play a single game. So it's like, I have no problems with that. I thought I thought it was I thought it was a really good win. Um, listen, I made a promise to Chris over here in the comments earlier. So underrated, sneaky, good game of the day. Maybe one of the better games of the day that nobody was really talking about. Um, can I can I play a call that was pre-game for this game? Oh, before, yeah, do it. Or I. All right, let's let's play that and then we'll get into it. Hey y'all, it's Aaron. I am a Mizzou fan, and I'll tell you what, I am fired up for this weekend, and especially tomorrow. I'm going, dressing all black, coming to the zoo. If they ain't ready, Luther Burton's going to run all over them. I don't have any doubt in my mind Mizzou is going to walk out of there with, I mean, at least a 20-point lead. I think the defense is going to come to play, and, you know, Dayton Daniels isn't going to have a good day, and she's going to have nothing to do. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. All right. A lot of confidence going into that game. Hey, look, Brady uh, Brady Cook, I mean, he did throw the two picks, but he didn't. Yeah. I mean, 395 yards passing, two two touchdowns. Uh, where, do we, where do we want to start with this game? So I, I had a lot of takeaways from this game. Brady Cook is human, kind of makes a couple mistakes. Now, from a box score standpoint, I'm, confu- I'm confused why Schrader didn't get more carries. He had 114 yards and only 13 carries. And you had three a 20, Yeah. You had a 22 to 7 lead at one point. And you just kept airing it out and kept airing it out. And then part of me gets it because LSU's pass defense is so bad, but the LSU defense is that bad. So it's like, I don't know why that was like your sticking point on like attacking them. And like if it is, you have to sit here and like, like this is this is one thing I remember my college coaches would always say. If you put up a crooked number. It, like, like if you put up more than one run in an inning and you put up a crooked number, the pitcher better fucking go back out on that mound and shove and get a, like a one, two, three inning or not give up a single fucking run because now you have momentum. And for whatever reason, Mizzou was incapable of doing that multiple times during this game. And I think there's a ton of credit you have to give to LSU more than anybody. And I think we tip the cap to Mizzou and we say, hey, great job. Still a great football team. You played above expectations this year. You were in it. You you could have won that game. But just because you're Mizzou and we don't hold you to the same high standards as other teams doesn't mean that if you're like you go without getting criticism because you should have won that game. You're up 22-7. You're up 27 on a defense that just gave up 55 a week before and has given up a ton of points every week. And you've got a receiver that's leading the country in receiving yards, a quarterback that had put up all sorts of records so far this season. Put your foot on someone's throat. You're at home and go in a football game. There's not a time you're going to catch LSU more vulnerable than right now. And you didn't do it. No, and in now fact, on the other side, I mean, 274 rushing yards for LSU. I think they found something in Logan Diggs. He wasn't playing a ton to start the year. 
But 24 carries, 134 yards, one touchdown. Dude, we just – every week we talk about it, but Jaden Daniels, man. You know, so another good. three touchdowns passing, no picks, 130 yards rushing, another touchdown. Mm-hmm. The dude – I mean, if, if LSU hadn't lost twice, he'd be the Heisman front runner. I will, I will say this because I, I pat myself on the back about how right I am about stuff all the time. Jaden Daniels could not have been more wrong, man. Jaden Daniels is so – fucking good and he's so fun to watch and like what a special quarterback like what a like like honestly i've been watching lsu play football i think for what like 30 plus years now and obviously joe burrow is joe burrow and no one will ever top that season or 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 that like play from that position Jaden daniels has been one of the best quarterback he's he's been the second best quarterback i think in, in program history for being honest like what he's doing is so special I mean, he had 28 touchdowns and three interceptions a year ago. And this year is like, he's so accurate at the football. He's so dangerous with his legs. He constantly, he, he could slide more. He could slide more for sure. But he constantly takes a beating and comes back up. And he's like, he's so fun to watch, man. I, he's got to be a top three Heisman guy. Numbers wise, I mean, LSU is going to, if they end up losing five games or four games, maybe. Because, I mean, I guess Lamar did win it when Louisville lost like four games. But yeah. Yeah, the numbers are through the roof. I mean, he got banged up in this game. Like, Garrett Nussmeyer had to come in, and he had, you know, a, a rib issue for the whole second half. Continued to gut it out. Um, and, man, that's a, such a good – like, look, you still give up, four, well, you know, nearly 40 points to Mizzou, so the defense yeah. is not fixed by any means. But, man, you put up 50 or 49. You know, so it's like this offense – I'm just glad that LSU is not hanging their heads after after last week. I thought that's the spot they were in. That's why I picked Mizzou to win the game. I was feeling good about it when they were up 22-7. to seven. Yeah. But they shows, showed a lot of resiliency. Um, and, man, Malik Neighbors again. Six catches, 146 yards, a touchdown. Brian Thomas, another touchdown. Yeah. It's the same guys every week, and nobody can stop this offense. The, the LSU-Bama game is going to be fun to watch because you got a really good defense against that offense. And then a Bama offense that's improving – against what is still a pretty weak defense. I can't wait for that but, game. But here's the thing. And and by the way, Jaden Daniels is averaging 421 yards a game in his last four games. And in those games, by the way, all conference games, all against SEC teams, and, and two of them are against ranked teams, and, and two of them are on the road as well. I, I he's been He's been so good. And I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. I don't think he's even going to be invited, to be honest, because I think – as of today, because of and that's not taking anything away from the season he's having, because he, he's having a Heisman level season. I just know the way this this award is given out, and it's like whoever's like I hate to say it, and Carson Beck is really good, but Carson Beck would get invited over him if if, if it ended today, right? Like yeah. Phoenix and 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 Bo Nix and all that stuff. But Jaden Daniels has been so fucking good. He's clearly the best offensive player in the SEC right now. And the thing that's great for for LSU is. They made some big plays when it mattered, and they made them with the guys that you need to step up. Like Harold Perkins with an interception. Huge. Huge. Like, And you were down on the road to an undefeated ranked team by 15, and you had every option to roll over and die because of all the outside noise and all the frustration, all that kind of shit. And what did you do? You end the game with a defensive play on a pick six. That's a dangerous team, man. Listen. I, we talked about how great Bama is for a long time, but like 
This LSU team is going to put up points on everybody. You better be able to fucking score 40 if you're going to beat this team. You better be able to score 40 because they sure as shit will. Language is out of control. Yeah, I think I was right. It is. Yeah. Sorry, Dale. Um, Season is obviously not over for Missouri. Um, No. Great start. They they do go to Kentucky next Saturday night. It's going to be a tough one, but um, Missouri is clearly a team on the rise. You know, um, you've got burden for another year um and i mean look uh they're they were they were still underdogs in this game mizzou was uh, um they didn't end up covering because of the pick six but they were right in this game till the end and i'm not used to seeing missouri i feel like it's been a long time since i've been like yeah missouri just put up a casual 40 points up against lsu like they've got a really good offense yeah um our caller from before the game actually did call in Actually, a couple hours ago. So I'll go ahead and play his voicemail. Hey, y'all. It's Ayers, Mizzou fan. You know, I was wildly disappointed with our performance yesterday. You know, I'm giving it a day to sober up to consider what was happening. You know, as we got all this hype and combo, I mean, everybody was fired up, ready to go, and we blew it. You know, I mean, really, Jaden Daniels caused us to blow it in Stupid mistakes, typical Mizzou football. God, sucks. I mean, God, why do you have to fumble the yard thirty yards back? Stupid. Missed field goal. That was on, that was awful. penalties. Yeah, sucks. You know, LSU's not even that good of a football team. It's Jaden Daniels. It's his team. That's it. That's it. He's the only good player they have besides the league neighbor. Anyways. You're a great podcast, y'all. I love it. I'll keep listening. But this is going to be Kentucky, though. For sure. I love that. I, I agree. Right back with confidence. Love that. And let me say this real quick. And I, because I, I love the fire of our fans and, and audience. I mean, like, or I hate to hear that audience. disappointment, too, because I've just been there so many times where you feel like, man, that game was in hand. I, I'm in a house right now of a, of a, a, Mizzou guy, and I felt every fucking ounce of that, like, like, because that is the kind of shit that happens to Mizzou, where it's like, they, there was a couple of calls, too, that, or there was one call I thought that was bad. There was also, they 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 had, like, a false start they got away with that, that led to, like, a go-ahead score, a tying score. Um, so it wasn't like the officiating, like, helped them, but, like, it is stuff like that, where it's like, you bad snap that goes wherever, like, you know, it's fourth and 32. That sucks. Now, I will say this. If you're Mizzou, the best way to get back on track, the best way to get right back on track and that confidence, go out and beat Kentucky. Because if there's a team that has plagued Mizzou more than anyone, it's Kentucky for whatever reason. Just the weirdest losses, the dumbest shit imaginable. They constantly get wronged by the refs by them. Um, go out and beat Kentucky. Kentucky's vulnerable too right now. And you're yeah. a better football team than Kentucky, to be honest. Like, Go out there and beat them because I tell you what, this game comes down to a lot of quarterback play. We just talked about Jaden Daniels. Brady Cook is a much better quarterback than Devin Leary, and that is something I didn't think I would say, but I, I say with a hundred percent certainty now. Um, what else do we have here? We should probably talk about. Let's skip over this. Let's talk about it briefly. Great win from UCLA. Fun little back and forth. Um, Dante Moore is going to be just continues to like improve every week. Don't think this yeah. is anything that's even that bad about Washington State. Just, you know, went on the road, played in, like, I don't think a tough environment necessarily, but, like, you're on the road. 
I was a little bit disappointed the way it looked because it coming off a bye week. But good win for UCLA, man. The Pac-12 is deep. Like, there's going to be a lot of these losses, and it, it doesn't need to be one of those things where it's like, well, obviously they were pretenders because they were 4-0 and lost to UCLA. No, UCLA is a good team too. Yeah, I agree, man. And the, that down the stretch in the Pac-12 is going to be a lot of fun. You're going to get yeah. USC, Oregon, USC, Washington. I, I don't – do Washington and Oregon play each other? They play this week. So, Hell yes. So here's, here's the thing too, and I saw this, and I don't even want to give the guy a shout-out because he's been on this podcast before this year, and he was a total dickhead. I'm not going to say his name, but you know who I'm talking about. It was the worst guest we've ever had probably on the show. Um, that being said, he came out with a graph <laughs> today. It was a graph today that came out there, um, and it was like, here's every team's remaining schedule. And it, or like, and it was like or ranked teams on their schedule. And if you look at the, the Pac-12 teams, there's like five remaining, like currently ranked teams on, on, on that remaining schedule. And that's, that's crazy. Like it's it's a very deep league. We're about to get into like, man, think about how fun September was. It's about to only get better. Have you seen the schedule for this week? I ha- I haven't had a chance to look at it, but I'm very excited about Oregon Washington. That's at three thirty. We're at twelve against Arkansas. You guys are at twelve against somebody. Syracuse. North Carolina plays. I think Miami. Yeah, they do. Or Duke plays Miami. Duke plays Miami. No, it's it's North Carolina. Okay, so then yeah. Notre Dame. Notre Dame plays USC, yeah. AM and Tennessee. Now, if you're on if you're on your ESPN app, now go ahead to next week, dude. Week eight? Yeah. Cause I, cause also I think it's like so like Oregon State plays UCLA, I think, this week. I'm pretty sure that's who it is. There's there's two- Okay, so for, for this week coming up, we've got as far as ranked matchups, you've got Oregon, Washington, AM, Tennessee. It's not a ranked matchup, but, but still. it's a good game. You got Auburn LSU, not a ranked matchup, but still a fun game. You got Miami, North Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, USC, Notre Dame, UCLA, Oregon State. Great matchups. Now go to next week. Next week. Duke, Florida State, Clemson, Miami. Uh UCF Oklahoma could be kind of fun. Whatever. Okay. Uh Penn State, Ohio State, Washington State, Oregon, Utah, USC, Tennessee, Bama. Ole Miss Auburn. I cannot wait for the next two weeks, dude. And like, and think about the weeks we just had. All right, let's. I don't really want to talk about Notre Dame, Louisville. I, I don't think we have a big Louisville contingent, and that's the only reason why. No, Hell of a win for Louisville. Yeah. Tip my cap to you, man, because you were on Louisville before the season started. I thought you were crazy. They have been really good. They're undefeated. I think they're up to in the top fifteen now. Great win. Really shut down Notre Dame. Really shut down yeah. Notre Dame. Um. And let's close with this one, though. Okay. So I have some thoughts on this, and I'm not going to get into whether or not Maryland is better than Kentucky because they are. Um, Maryland should have been ranked going into this game, and they weren't. Um, I think Ben Diesel, our buddy, he put, threw out a stat that is, like, crazy, but very, very good. Um, like I think Maryland's opponents going into this game don't have a combined – they don't have like one combined Power 5 win, which is crazy to me. Maryland's a good football team. Here's why I want to talk about this game. Maryland was up 10 nothing on the road in this game. Ohio State coming off a bye week. Told you some of the numbers in the five games that Ryan Day had coming into – or coming off a bye week. They won those games by 40 and four of the five of those games. Looked a little bit like they struggled early. But like 
here's a thing that great teams do against other good teams. Okay. You find yourself down early because I tell you what, Maryland has got a great quarterback and they've got a really good offensive mind as their head coach. So they're going to be pretty good on script. Ohio State is still feeling some things out with, with what their offense is. But they were down 10 nothing in this game. And it was kind of close in the second half, right? Like I, I think it was tied at halftime. It was tied at halftime 10-10. Yep. And going into the fourth, they were up 20 to 17. Ohio State's defense. I saw this tweet from somebody I didn't know. It's like a, just a normal person. I think it wasn't like media. That was like, it's a shame that CJ Stroud never got to play with this Ohio State defense. It's a shame yeah. that, that Dwayne yeah. Haskins didn't either. And like a couple other guys, because this Ohio State defense, we talked about all offseason, is for real because they've got dudes everywhere. And there were a lot of times I thought Maryland was would call plays because they could not drop back for four straight quarters and try to find open guys. So they had to get creative and, and draw draw plays or screen passes. Anytime they rolled out to Leah, Ohio State was right there. Anytime they tried to draw or throw a screen pass, right there. Anytime they tried to drop back, especially in the second half, they were all over his ass. And it was a really good defensive performance. Ohio State's going to be scary because they can play some defense. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to I think this version of Ohio State paces up much better against Michigan than the last few years. Like that's gonna be an absolute yeah. war at the end of the year. The Penn State game's gonna be great as well. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, man, I, I'm higher on Ohio State than I have been all year now. Um McCord's finally coming into his own as well. They're the one of the most talented teams in the country. They're dangerous. Um yeah. and it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how it progresses. Um lastly your top five. Yeah, let's close it, close it out here. Um, so my top five, I'm going to keep Washington at number one just because they haven't okay. okay, they haven't deserved to be removed from that. At two, I will put Michigan. Okay. I'm finally sold on, on Michigan. I think they're better than I gave them credit for. Really good. At three, I will take... Georgia back in the top five. There they are. We see what they're capable of now. Really good. For Ohio State. And at five, I'm going to put... I'm going to put Oklahoma ahead of Oregon. But I'll yeah. put Oklahoma up there because I thought it was it was an impressive win away from home. There you go. Um, I'm going to go... I've been wanting Georgia to show me something, and I think they did this weekend. I'm going to put them back in the top spot. I'm putting Georgia back in the top spot. Okay. I'm going to go Michigan, too, because really, they've done exactly what they're supposed to do every week. And then, yeah, they haven't played a great schedule, but they're they're dominating teams. I mean, their defense outscored Minnesota, I believe, this weekend. So, yeah, really good performance from them. I'll go Ohio State three. I, my shit, my 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 top five is exactly what the AP top five is. Washington scared me. <laughs> I, maybe I'll put maybe I'll put Washington um, in ahead of Florida State. I Florida State. Someone in the chat wanted me to mention them, so I won't mention them for too long. But they found a, a run game this this week. Finally, Virginia Tech's not a good opponent, but they haven't been able to run against anybody. And Trey Benson had two hundred yards rushing. Yeah, first fucking player. answer your text messages, dickhead. Me? Yeah. I, from you? 
Yes, I was asking you because I, I I was gonna ask you if, if I should take four. Oh, on Saturday, thirty seven and a half. Yeah, Dude, I didn't I, I didn't have service. I was in the mountains. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. yeah, so I'll go Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State. I'll go Washington, Oklahoma. I I do think Florida State's. Eh, I'm just I'm a little hesitant right now. That that's well, the emotional hedging in me. That's fair. I'm no longer as confident as I was. Um, can, we, can we talk about one more thing before we sign off? Yeah. I have an answer to a question I was asked from a couple of the haters on here and a couple people that I like that were giving me shit for patting myself on the back about all these picks. Somebody asked me last week, they said, why do you spend so much time congratulating yourself (laughs) and bragging about the picks you made? And I will answer that question with two answers. One, because we celebrate the fucking wins. Yeah. We celebrate the wins. I'm not even going to get into the fact that how ridiculous I'm, I'm, I've been performing at this point, but you celebrate the wins. And two, I'll answer your question with another question. Why do we love to bookmark shit on Twitter and go after people when they're wrong? People love to call people out when they're wrong. And for whatever reason, we innately don't like to hear people say, Hey, I was, I was right about this. Isn't that cool? We love that. We love when people are wrong. And for whatever reason, it irks people when we're right. That being said, I'm about to irk the shit out of some people. Call me Irk Nowitzki because your boy went 10-3 and three this week. 10-3. and three, Probably so. Probably so. Um, your boy went 10-3 and three this week, which means... I mean, Tyler, this is, I'm on a fucking ridiculous run. Like, I, I'm, like, this, I'm so on a Peter. I am, I'm so... The Peter is so deep in me right now. It is... It's, I don't even know how to say it. It is like... <laughs> The Pete is deep. Uh, it, it is. I'm I'm just on an incredible run right now. We we were talking about the last three weeks. If you follow Big Picks Energy, ten and three this week in in our in our picks, and I am thirty three and ten over the last three weeks. That is seventy four percent. We're up to sixty five and twenty five on the year. Six. So here's the deal. I'm gonna do ten games this week again. Ten games. And when I do that, that means we will have 100 total picks to the halfway point of the season. So we can see exactly what percentage of the math's easy for everybody. But Elite is 56. Elite is 56. Um, and I'm at, I'm at 72%. And I didn't take the a and money which line. Which is way higher. Huh? Which is way higher than 56. Yeah. Somebody said, keep dating this new girl, Chris. Well... <laughs> we're gonna end the show so a couple of my wins now. from the weekend just because i don't do it a ton i had nebraska plus three and a half they won the game outright. uh i had virginia tech floor state over 53 ucla minus three iowa minus two and a half i should learn something don't bet unders i had uj kentucky under and notre dame louisville under uh 54 and a half what was that final score i think that under probably hit 20 to 30 that hit 53 so how many would you go for in the week? Five and two, five and one. Yeah, five and two. I I I thought Florida State would get off to a slow start. They they were up like a lot to a little, so yeah. that was wrong. And then I got the UGA Kentucky under wrong, which I had it right on the Kentucky side, but I didn't expect Georgia to go off for fifty one points and go over the damn total themselves. So yeah, shout out to Georgia. Shout out to us because we killed it with this week with the picks, and that's the end of the show. So, as always, we really appreciate you all listening to the show. It would really help us in the growth of the show if you would rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. 
leave us a review and we will read the best ones on air. Like and subscribe to the YouTube page. Don't forget to leave us a message. We are turning this thing into a regular segment where we'll be picking our favorite voicemails and displaying them out on social media. So if you don't want people to know your real name or you're a little bit nervous about what you should say, just keep it awesome and crazy, but don't go too crazy because we're going to put this this shit out on social media. So um, <laughs> leave a message, 770-674-8233. And don't forget to check out the videos and clips from the yeah. show. That's at South on Twitter, at Saturday Down South on Instagram and TikTok, and Saturday Down South 1 on YouTube. For Chris, I'm Tyler. We really appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will see you guys.